0: Let's begin. Today, we are taking a journey to sunny California to sit down with the incredibly talented Joe Cohen. Joe has left his mark in the world of comedy as a writer, producer, and screenwriter for iconic shows as Saturday Night Live, Suddenly, Susan, and of course, The Simpsons. But that's not all. He's also the co author of the new book, The Occasionally Accurate Annals of Football. So, my dear Joe, welcome to the RV.
2: Thank you so much. It's much roomier on the inside than I would have thought. I thought it would be much smaller, but it's very roomy and beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful inside the RV. And actually, Joe, I was all set to drive to Canada today. I packed my winter clothes and a pair of boots, but somehow I had to make a U-turn and find myself in sunny California instead. So, what made you to move from cold Calgary to sunny California?
2: Well, um, of course, I had the dream or the aspiration of becoming a television writer. When I moved, I just moved. Uh, I was actually living in Toronto, which, uh, pardon me, which is also cold. Um, so your code would have been appropriate. But I moved to uh, LA for a job, a business job, but in the back of my mind, I was always hoping um, that I could find a career as a television writer or a writer of any sort. Um, And it took me a couple of years to kind of get it, but uh, one thing led to another and and, uh, here I am.
0: Wow, nice. And moving from the cold prairies to California was a big change.
2: Yes, for sure. Absolutely. I mean... uh, I had never seen a hill until I left my hometown. Uh, It's that flat. But no, it was just obviously the beach, the ocean, the the speed, the pace. There's a lot more people here. Uh, But I had visited a few times
0: before, so it wasn't so shocking to me. Mm -hmm. California is so beautiful. I'm jealous. And speaking of surprises, share something our audience wouldn't know about you, please um well
2: perhaps i i don't think why would anyone know this i don't uh i in a long time ago for a summer job i i one time sold cars um and was lucky enough i don't know if lucky is the right word um i was the salesman of the month i wish i had my plaque somewhere to show you but <laughs> i can't find it at the moment mm-hmm. um but anyway, yeah i was salesman of the month at a car lot in san jose california it was a summer job and uh if anyone's still looking to buy a dodge caravan from from like 1991, I can hook them up.
0: No, it's good to know. Amazing. So you were living in Canada and you were going to, to the U.S. or you were already living in the U.S.?
2: No, I was actually living in Canada, but my dad lived in Northern California. So I went home for a university summer um, and had to find a job and... Um, this may shock you, but sometimes the standards for hiring car salesmen are pretty low. Um, and they even hired me, which means they're low, which is proof they're low. Uh, but it worked out pretty well. I, I guess I was uh, something about me made people trust me, which is a bad thing for all of us. Uh, but I sold 19 cars in a month, and that makes me salesman of the month.
0: No way, 90 cars in a month, one nine,
2: one nine, one nine, 19, 19, 19, 19, still, still a lot, though, for car sales, that's
0: a lot. No, it's a lot. And your journey from biology and business degrees to comedy writing on The Simpsons is quite fascinating. So how did you make the transition and what inspired you to pursue comedy writing? Well,
2: uh, as you mentioned, I, I went to university and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I thought, well, this is how a stupid person thinks me being the stupid person. I'm like, let me take the hardest possible thing. And then I can do anything because it will be easier to get into from the heart. So I went into pre-med to, as if I was going to be a doctor. Well, my grades quickly told me, Joel, you're never going to be a doctor, which is uh, very good for society and, and, uh, humanity. So then I graduated, I changed into a biology degree. So I drew- graduated with a degree in biology and then still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought, well, I'll go to business school for two years. So I did that and then still didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I got a job working in the business world and I did that for about seven years, including the last two years in Los Angeles. Um, And uh, I just, I don't want to say I wasn't happy, but it just, it wasn't the thing I think I was meant to do. I I wasn't great at it. Um, Not like car sales. I was great at car sales. But anyway, um, I, I just, my brother is a writer and had been a comedy writer. And I thought maybe I can try this um, because I met my brother and he's not that great. So I thought I could try this too. And uh, so I just started writing jokes for some people and uh, Kathy Griffin. I don't know if you know who that is, the Mm -hmm. comedian. She was really nice and she let me write jokes for her for some award shows. And then she was on the show you previously mentioned, suddenly Susan with Brooke Shields. So I worked there for one year and then from there I went to the Simpsons and I've been at the Simpsons for 23 years.
0: I know you won multiple awards. Do you believe, Joe, that we need to be born with this sense of humor? Or is it something like playing tennis, that if you play 10,000 hours, you can become a tennis player?
2: That's a great question. I think, um, I don't know if you're born with a sense of humor. I think you can develop a sense of humor. But... I just think if somebody thinks they're going to develop a sense of humor by just sheer repetition, like you would with tennis um, or just practice, I think you can get better to some extent. Like there are some formulas, like say, for example, telling a joke, there are some formulas or, or, you know, ways that if you watch a lot of, television comedies, you'll see the same type of joke is told a lot of times. But those jokes we're all exposed to so often that in my opinion, they're not that funny. The Mm -hmm. funny, the best comedy or the best of anything is when we do something new and different and unexpected. And that's, of course, breaking this formula. So somebody can get very good at the formula. But I think to take it to another level, and I'm not suggesting I do, but to take it to another level, you need to think of How do I break that formula yet still be funny, be dramatic, be whatever? So the answer is a little bit yes, but I don't think you could really be great at anything unless you somehow have pushed your way past the formula. Mm
0: -hmm. I agree with you. And so uh, if the Simpsons characters decide to go on a road trip with you, where would you take them, and which character would be the most entertaining travel companion?
2: Wow! Well, The Simpsons have been all over the world. As fans of the show know, we've they've been to Japan, to Canada, to France, to Italy, to um, China, everywhere in the uh, literally almost everywhere in the world we've we've traveled to. Australia, of course. So, I guess I would like to take them like someplace that I know very well. Um, which let's just say to Calgary, to my hometown in Canada. Um, It's not that interesting, but it would be interesting if the Simpsons were there, because inevitably, let's say Homer, who is the father and, you know, incredible dope, would do something to make it interesting. He would get arrested. He'd, uh, you know, topple over the big H at Heritage Park or, you know, do something ridiculous, uh, get impaled on the Calgary Tower. Um, So I would take them where I know it the best, and I could show them the corners of the city that maybe most people don't get to see. Um, And then I would let Homer run loose and discover something really ridiculous about the city and, and have fun with that.
1: Were by law. See terms and conditions
0: 18 plus. I love the Simpsons, but, you know, I was always more, it's not that I preferred Lisa, but, you know, sometimes she thought I thought that she was the one who, you know, were more intelligent or smart, let's say smart. She was <laughs> more aware what was going on.
2: Yeah, well, when you're comparing to Homer, being <laughs> more intelligent than him is not hard. Um, a lot of the characters on the show are incredibly stupid, but that's kind of the fun of it. Uh, but yes, Lisa has always been like the um, the moral compass of the family and definitely the brains of the family, the soul of the family. Uh, what other body parts do we want? The kidney of the family, the lower intestine of the family. I don't know. The big toe of the family. Um, no, but Lisa is just such a great character. And you need someone like that in that family because, you know, Homer is such a so stupid and Bart is a genius, but evil um so you just want somebody that is like that loving caring but also smart and funny in her own way as well of course and and it's not surprising a lot of people love lisa for those attributes
0: yeah i love lisa so so let's talk about your new book yes you co-authored the occasionally accurate annals of football the NFL's greatest players place scandals and screw ups with the renowned sports commentator Dan Patrick? Please, so can you share some insights into what readers can expect from this book?
2: Sure. Um, you know, anyone that loves football, um, this book is is for fans of the sport, but even for like, I think it's a great gift for people. I think, you know, anyone, I've heard amazing reviews and feedback from people, their dad loves it, their brother loves it, their little kid loves it. Um, anyhow, the point of the book was just there's so many sort of dry, boring books about the NFL, the National Football League, that take themselves so seriously. Um, and the NFL is this giant behemoth. You know, it does... I can't even tell you, $8, $10 billion a year in revenue. Um, And it just thought it was fun to just look at some of the parts of the sport that are a little bit goofier or just, or very serious, but let's approach them in a fun way. So between Dan, who knows everything about sports, and me, who knows a little bit about sports, we just thought let's go through the history of the league. Let's talk about every team. Let's talk about many of the great players. Let's talk about some of the iconic moments and just try to have some fun with them and talk about things that did or maybe didn't happen behind the scenes um, and just really add fun to the experience of being a fan of the NFL um, and people that don't even know the NFL I think would probably like it because it's it talks about the history and puts everything in context so it's sort of a gift I would hope to NFL fans
0: and can I describe this book as a blend of fiction and non-fiction
2: yeah I mean it's I'll say there's a lot of know we took everything in it i think a, a fan a real fan would know oh of course this is what happened but then we try to add some fun to it and say this is how that happened or this is a different version of what happened or we go a little bit past what actually happened talk about the game you know when they got in the locker room afterwards or whatever whatever but it's just you know we all like i said everybody a lot of people that are sports fans or football fans know that this thing happened so let's now make it a little bit more fun um I would if people think it's fiction, uh, if they can't identify the fact from the fiction and still enjoy it. Great. But I think most people will be able to tell where the line is.
0: And what inspired the two of you to collaborate on this football themed project?
2: Yes. Well, I wrote an episode of The Simpsons, which hasn't been on TV yet, but will be on in around November or December. Um, And it has a, a, a role in it for a sportscaster. And I love Dan Patrick. I'd never met him. And I said to people, the Simpsons, let's try to get Dan Patrick for this part. So we did. And he was very, very nice and very agreeable and said yes. And when I was directing with them and working with them to record this this part, we just started talking and we started talking about, you know, sports, of course, and football, of course. And we both had a lot of fun, funny ideas about isn't this ridiculous? Isn't this ridiculous? Hey, what if this happened? And just from that conversation, kind of looked at each other and thought, well, maybe this is a book. And uh, as it turns out, it is. Um, So that was about a year and a half ago, maybe even longer, and uh, we just started trading ideas and funny areas, and here we have the book.
0: Wow, so you've never met in person?
2: I still have yet to meet him in person. How about that? We've talked on the phone a million times, we've Zoomed, Um, we text, Um, you know, I have his social security number, Um, I have his measurements in case I want to make him a suit, which I don't, Uh, but no, we've never met in person.
0: Okay, so so what is your favorite NFL team?
2: Well, as I mentioned, I grew up in Canada, in, in Calgary, and uh, we don't have an NFL team. There's none in Canada, of course,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: uh, I used to get the games from Seattle, Washington. So the Seattle Seahawks became my favorite team as a kid, and I just always loved them. Um, and as I grew older, I still always loved them. They were kind of underdogs. They, they of course, won the Super Bowl a little while ago, but... Mm-hmm. Um, now, as I get older and I do things like fantasy football and and have, you know, football bets with friends, I find that as much as I love the Seahawks, I love money more. So a lot of times I'm just betting, I'm, I'm rooting for whatever team helps me win a little bit of money every week, which doesn't often happen. Mm-hmm.
0: I am a diehard for Steelers.
2: Oh, I like the Steelers. I mean, what a great franchise. There's lots of stuff about the Steelers in the book and... The steel curtain, how it actually will break your curtain rod and how terrible towels are a review of a Pittsburgh Hilton. They're all it's all in there. Talk about Terry Bradshaw and uh, Mean Joe Green and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Wow, that's nice. So so now I'm interested in this book.
2: (laughs) I don't just sell cars. I also sell books.
0: Nice. And you know, I'm still dreaming of the day I can watch a game in person. I lived in Pittsburgh for many years, but it was so hard to get a ticket.
2: Oh, really? I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever been to Pittsburgh, but I would love to go to a game. It'd be such a great, iconic place to go to a game. Uh,
0: that'd be amazing. It is. And besides this book, so are there any other projects you are currently working on
2: uh, there's lots of stuff I'd like to do. As you maybe know, we're in the middle, maybe towards the end, I'm hoping, of a writer's strike. Um, so The Simpsons have been on strike and I've been on strike with them, of course, for four months, a little bit more than four months since May 1st. So lots of stuff I want to do. There's a couple of movie ideas that I've had and a, you know I can't really sell anything or try to sell anything until the strike is over. Um, there's actually been A fair bit of interest of turning this book the football book into a tv show but we can't do anything about that um, until the strike is over so for now it's just the book and and me staring at my dog and my dog staring at me
1: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. btw we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> yeah, I
0: hope this situation can be solved. I, I, I think it's,
2: i maybe I'm optimistic, but I, I just feel like we're at the point it's it's going to be owners over sooner than later.
0: Let's hope for the best. Yeah, totally.
2: Otherwise I'm going to I I want to give you my resume. Maybe there's a job over there at the okay. podcast. Of okay.
0: Or so we can present a new show together.
2: <laughs> okay, sure. I don't want to do any work. I just want money. I don't want to do any work.
0: And so what advice do you have for individuals who want to start a career as a comedian?
2: Uh I just think it's the same advice I give people that want to be, let's say a writer or an actor or even a director. I just say, do start doing it, start doing it. Like we talked about 10,000 hours of tennis. Um, Yes, you do to be great and not by any means say I'm great, but to be great, you need to be uh, outside the 10,000 hours, but you also do need the 10,000 hours. So I would just say, start doing it. And, And if you want to write stuff, just start writing. Show it to people, be open to feedback, constructive criticism. Um, You don't always have to agree with it, but at least be open to it. Um, Same with acting, same with, and just even do it in the smallest, easily accessible level, whatever that is. If it's, be a comedian, just literally start going out and perform and watch other comedians and observe how the greats do it. And with time, you'll develop a style and uh, hopefully an ability Um, So I just tell people, just start doing it and put yourself in the world you want to be in. Because if you're around other comedians, other writers, other actors, then things start to blossom and grow. And just wanting to be it at home will very uh, often not lead to it.
0: Yeah. I'm seeing on Instagram many stand-up comedies, and some of them are getting some, you know, leads.
2: Yeah. Like I said, they're they're putting themselves out there, which is important. And they're getting feedback. Also, I assume in comments, et cetera, likes or not likes or follows or not follows. And just you got to put it's it's risky because no one wants to hear they're bad at something. um, But you just got to try, you know, and, and there's gonna be criticism, anybody at any level, but just start trying. That's what I would say.
0: Thank you. And so where can our listeners connect with you online? And of course, find this book.
2: Well, I mean, I love to support independent local bookstores. So if you have a bookstore nearby, I would say go and ask them if they have the book. Uh, actually, a lot were sold out, but now people are starting to reorder. So um, most bookstores would have it. Of course, it's available online at all the big places you would imagine that sell books. Um, and it's there's Endless Supply. There's an audiobook. Um, I, I love the audiobook. I think there's some pictures and some fun in the actual book that might add a different element to it, but Dan does the voice in the audiobook, So if you prefer that, of course, enjoy that. Um, and online, I really don't exist. Um, I, I'm not sure I exist offline either, but I do have an Instagram that is sort of more content like the book called sports wrong at sports wrong.
0: Your book also will, will be on Amazon and
2: yes, of course. If someone wants to buy it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Um, wherever you buy books online. It's it's absolutely 100% there. Uh, But if if you can buy from a bookstore, why not support a bookstore?
0: Okay, sounds great. And Joel, thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to have you here in the RV. You have an incredible journey and it really was a pleasure well, thank
2: you, and I'd I'd love to be considered for any job openings you have over there. Please keep me in mind. I don't have references that I would like you to call. I have references, but please do not call them. Um, but I I would very much like just the paycheck. I don't even want the job, just the paycheck.
0: Now, if you work with me, you need at least to be able to cook something. Oh boy, oh
2: boy. Well, let's let's hire me, and then we'll get into that. We'll we'll after after you've hired me.
0: Okay. <laughs> Right, perfect. And for our listeners, thank you for, of course, tuning in and please check Joe's book and please check out also our website, www.relatable-media.com, that you are going to find some information about Joe as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.